In fact, God is already supplying our needs. Many of that comes through living waters. We've been talking about living waters throughout this month, not just waters around us, but the divine well of living waters that is deep within us. Living waters cleanse us. Living waters give us life, nourish us, refresh, and sustain us. But sometimes living waters take on a life of their own. Sometimes waters come alive and with twists and turns create storms and hurricanes creating havoc and danger. You see, there's power in water, even in storms as many are experiencing today. And so the question for us, how are we to keep calm when the waters around us literally come alive? Will you pray with me? Loving God, we are grateful for the opportunity to come together with one another, seeking answers and even asking more questions. We give thanks that there is a deep well within us that we can draw from, and we draw from that well now. We also lift up all those who are going through Hurricane Irene. We affirm peace for them. We affirm safety. We love you, God. Amen. I can't believe the response to my personal ad. It's terrible. No one interested? No one, period. Two weeks, not one letter. <laughs> Sophia has men chasing her, and I can't even get one to write me a letter. You want Willie? You got him. What's wrong with him? There's nothing wrong with him. Okay, so he's 90. <laughs> he has the profile of a Tom Turkey, and his butt hits his heels when he walks. <laughs> he sounds kind of cute. Mommy, why are you avoiding him? There's no magic, Dorothy. No sparks, you know what I mean? He's 90, you're 80. Sparks are dangerous. <laughs> I know what you mean, Sophia. I would never date a man unless I felt those sparks. Well, fortunately, you carry flints in your bra. <laughs> I can't believe I'm sitting here listening to a discussion about Sophia's love life. Oh, Rose, honey, now don't let this personal thing depress you. Dorothy, I can't help it. I haven't been this depressed since I was rejected by Uncle Sam. <laughs> well, honey, if he was your uncle, it wasn't meant to be. <laughs> it's not like he was your cousin. <laughs> where the relationship might have had a future. <laughs> Now, before you begin to stereotype me for watching and maybe being able to recite every line from the Golden Girls, I must admit that I never for once watched the show until I went to seminary. It was actually part of the core curriculum in, uh, at the Episcopal Divinity School, unofficially anyway. We had a class on church history and a class on Christian theology, but there was also a class that we joked about. Jesus in the four Gospels, and then there was a class for women who knew Jesus in the four Gospels, the Golden Girls. This class was student-led, of course, and by students, I mean future MCC clergy. <laughs> oh, I miss those days. In the Love Rose episode of the Golden Girls, poor Rose, played by Betty White, is so fearful of being alone and not being loved. Her roommates all have vibrant love parades, but Rose's parade is always rained out. The forecast is stormy weather for her love life, so she decides to try something new to spice up her non-existent dating life. How many of us have had to try something new every once in a while? 
blind dates, online dates, dates that end up with you at home all alone watching the Golden Girls all night. Oh, stormy weather, since my man and I ain't together. Can I get a voice lesson, please? Good. That is Rose's song. Sometimes you have to try something new. So what does Rose do? Well, desperate times call for desperate measures. She takes out a personal ad in the local paper. But to her dismay, not one person responds. It's sort of a shock to Rose. After all, surely there is one person out there who would find her attractive, right? I mean, sure, you meet people and you get rejected. But to be rejected by way of a newspaper ad, that may be too far. It's stormy weather for Rose. And what happens? She begins to internalize her rejected status, and she becomes fearful. She falls into an emotional dump and becomes depressed. Not even her roommate Blanche's comedic misguidedness can lift her head in the rain. In Rose's mind, everyone's rejection of her naturally means that she has to reject herself. You see, sometimes stormy weather results and you not being able to get your poor self together. How many of us have played this scenario out a time or two in our lives? How is it that life's stormy weather always makes us fearful and feel all alone? Whether the storm is about relationships or a job, a financial struggle or a bad diagnosis, a medical issue or even a midlife crisis, no matter the storm, is it possible to keep cool centered, calm, in stormy weather. In our gospel reading from Mark this morning, Jesus, his friends, the disciples, are faced with stormy weather. Last week, you heard our Reverend Elder Lily Brock talk about moving our fishing nets from one side of the boat to the other. Well, in today's text, Mark describes a scene where Jesus wants to move from one side of the Sea of Galilee to the other. Now, in the Gospel of Mark, a change in scenery is very common for Jesus. In fact, Jesus changes geographical settings almost 40 times in Mark. He goes from Galilee to Capernaum, from Capernaum back to Galilee, to Samaria, to Jerusalem. You name it, he goes from village to village. He goes spreading the Gospel. That is good news with folks who always seem to have clouds of stormy weather over their heads. Folks that were told that God was nowhere near them that God abandoned them, even that God hated them. Jesus' message was one that told people to not focus on what others had to say about you, but to be at peace with God within you. Essentially, that salvation was to be found in that divine will that was already inside of us. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you. The reign of God is within you. Living waters are within us. And as people heard and received Jesus' good news, they began to experience God in ways they just never imagined. People began to become healed. They were on the way to wholeness. People being delivered from the demons of their past, from feelings of not being good enough or not being worthy enough or even not being pretty enough. People moving from the forecast of stormy weather to peace of mind, sunshine, calmness, even a joyful presence. And the disciples, these fishermen, see all of this. They are experiencing it all. They've seen lives change right in front of their eyes. They've seen hope restored to folks. They've seen the power of God's good news, but they've seen it for themselves. 
Now, usually good news for fishermen is all about catching the biggest fish. Now, fishermen always want to exaggerate the, how big their catch was, right? There's a story of a fisherman boasting about a supposed 20-pound fish that he caught. Of course, he caught a 20-pound fish, so he tells all of his buddies, I caught a 20-pound fish, you should see it. And of course, his buddies are a little skeptical. Hmm, I don't know. 20 pounds, were there any witnesses to this fish? And the fisherman responds, well, of course there were witnesses. Otherwise, it would have been a 30-pound fish. Good news for fishermen is usually measured in the biggest catch. But Jesus wants them to embody good news even when there is no fish. In our text today, there's no time for fishing as they cross from one side of the sea to the other. All of a sudden, stormy weather begins to develop, scaring even the most experienced sailors among them. The disciples soon forget about any type of good news that Jesus had for them. And what do they do? They panic. They wake Jesus up. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? How could you sleep at a time like this? While you're snoring, we're going to die. How many times do we panic when our lives get a bit cloudy, much less a big storm? What does Jesus do? He gets up, says, peace, be still. And like the snap of a finger, the clouds begin to break. The sun begins to shine again. And the disciples, they're shocked and amazed as they look at Jesus. But the irony is, Jesus is shocked and amazed as he looks at the disciples. After all they have seen days before, even that day, people were embracing good news, lives were being changed, the miracle of enduring even through oppressive religious environments. Do they still have no faith? After all they've seen, all they've experienced, they are already forgetting about trusting God. They're already forgetting about not letting storms dictate their lives. The message is quite stunning for us today. When life's storms and hurricanes make their way toward us, how easy it is to quickly panic and even forget about the peace of God as the center within our lives. Many of us know that there is a calmness after a, a storm passes. Many on the East Coast are experiencing this turbulent storm. Many of them experienced it overnight, and they woke up this morning to find this calm. Now, the challenge for us today is to not simply wait for the calm to come after the storm. No, today, we are challenged to live in calmness, live in peace even through the storm. It's too easy to wait for peace once the storm passes, but to seek out the peace of God, the calm right here and now, through whatever storms you are going through, Therein lies the challenge. A few years back, I remember a gentleman by the name of Matt who used to come by the church I was serving at the time. About once a month, this guy, Matt, would drop in for some help just with some groceries. He would come in for our, our church's food pantry. He never came to church, just wanted a bag of groceries. Now, when I first met him the first couple of times, he, you know, would drop by the church. He was basically homeless. He had stubble on his face. His arm was broken. He was in a cast. He was a little dirty. He didn't smell too fresh. But after two services and the heat in Houston, I don't smell too fresh either right now. <laughs> it was a combination of odors that was just bad. But I remember chatting with uh, Matt over the next few months. Only once a month he would come in. So I'd have to find out little by little. And he would tell me a little bit of his personal life storms. 
Matt was the single parent of an eight-year-old girl. But she was living with his parents over four hours away in a totally different city. Ever since Matt lost his job at a local factory, he ran into some health problems. He got into a car wreck. He just could not afford to take care of his family anymore. And after months of not finding a job, he and his daughter were evicted from their home. And Matt fell into a depression. And so what he did was send his daughter to live with his parents rather than living on the streets with him. He described how he felt like a loser, how he was just scared of being a nobody forever and ever, how he felt like God had abandoned him and abandoned his daughter. He felt as if he was destined to always live under the forecast of stormy weather. But when Matt would meet other folks on the streets who had somewhat similar experiences, they all were down and out on their luck, so to speak. They all had this, this pessimistic uh, perspective Something inside of him, I don't know, it's like, he said it was like, quiet, be still. And it just snapped in him. He didn't want to live like that anymore. He wanted to stop the constant free fall and downturn that his life was taking. He wanted his health to be better. He wanted to be employed again, to have a good job, to be living under a stable roof. But most of all, most of all, he just wanted his daughter back. And now that's what he was working towards. And after seeing him month after month for almost a year and a half, I wondered, how was he keeping his spirits up? Because he would come in the first five or six months, he was very upset. But then about the seventh month, he began to be very calm, peace. All of a sudden, he just had this change in perspective. And so I asked him, what's your secret? What are you doing? And he told me, you know, I just take it one day at a time. I'm working towards trying to get my life back together. But there's no point in freaking out about it. I'm not going to worry. Now, I see him once a month, so automatically in my mind, I'm like, well, that sounds nice, but I'm going to see you next month to give you some food also. But not too long after that, Mike, Matt stopped coming for food assistance. One month turned into two months, and two months turned into three months, and three months turned into four months. And at first, I didn't think too much of it. I mean, it was a very transient community, especially for those on the streets. Well, after six months, a guy walks into the church office asking for me. So I go to the receptionist desk, and guess who it is? It's Matt, but it's not the same Matt. It's Matt 2.0. <laughs> he's clean cut. He's shaven. There's no cast on his arm. He's, he's got his hair styled. His clothes are crisp and ironed, and he smells like a bottle of Old Spice, a totally different Matt. But the real shocker for me was that there was a young girl with him. After saying hi and hugging, I realized it was his daughter. And Matt simply said that he wanted to come by to show me that he was not lying for that year and a half that he came to pick up food. That he wasn't blowing smoke up my skirt when he came for a bag of groceries. He told me that he found a great job at a company, that he had his own apartment now, and now that his daughter is living with him, he was extremely happy. That's what he was working towards. He got her back. But Matt also wanted to thank MCC in person. Sometimes a bag of groceries, we don't think that that can go too far. But Matt said, just that little gesture from you all, just one bag of groceries a month, one bag of groceries a month helps me get my daughter back. I will always remember MCC because of this. Of course, I'm proud, I'm excited. 
So I tell all the volunteers, I tell the staff, I was very proud of who we are. But even more than that, I was proud of Matt. The truth is, he didn't wait for his life storms to pass before picking up the pieces of his life and start putting them back together. Somehow, in the middle of all the junk he was going through, through all the stormy weather, he decided he was going to embody peace. He was going to be the calmness of God through the storm. He was going to find a way to be centered. And because he made the decision to not let the storms dictate his life, he was able to experience the calm, peace here and now, and focus on his attention on what really matters, his daughter, his family. This morning, people of God, what storms are you struggling to navigate in? Maybe your family is not accepting you for who you are or even who you want to be. Quiet those voices and allow living waters from within to give you some type of peace. Maybe you're dealing with a loss in your life. Know that you are not alone, but even God is grieving with you. Maybe you didn't like what the doctor told you and you're scared to death. Take a deep breath. Don't allow the fear to overcome you, but trust God. Maybe you're in a financial crisis, a crisis that's not over yet. But look within and work with God in believing that your needs are already being taken care of. Or maybe you're like Rose from the Golden Girls, dealing with rejection, a poor self-image, afraid of getting older, scared you'll always be alone. As you begin to love yourself again, hear God saying, be still and see the possibilities ahead. Now, of course, Bible, God, Jesus, never promises us that storms will never come. Oh, no, they're always going to come. Stormy weather, life struggles, tensions, challenges, they're part of our experience. Even hurricanes are part of that experience. But even, how even at the center of a hurricane, in the eye of the storm, there's an overwhelming calm and peace. Even as the hurricane moves along, even as it changes course, the eye, that peaceful center, moves along with it, somehow maintaining itself. Sure, there's a calm after the storm. When the hurricane passes, oh yes, it's very peaceful. But there's also a calm in midst of the storm. People of God, will you strive to be that peaceful center wherever you are? If you are at work, on the job, when you go home, when you get your Starbucks coffee and, and interact with the barista, wherever you are, wherever you're experiencing the storms of life, if your forecast is cloudy, please strive to be the peace of God in that situation and watch the miracles that can take place. God is always working in our lives, all the time. But sometimes we have to work with God to make those miracles possible. God is my center. Say that. God is my center. God is my center. I, am at peace, no I am at peace no matter the storm. I am calm through the storm. God is my center. Amen.